is Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Permack. On today's show, a changing of the guard at Google and a Canadian CEO's anger at President Trump. But first, MIT's Jeffrey Epstein loophole. Now, on Friday, MIT released an unredacted version of an outside law firm's 61-page report into Jeffrey Epstein's donations to the university. Obviously, it was not a very flattering portrait of MIT, which basically looked the other way as Media Lab chief Joey Ito palled around with Epstein and figured out ways to accept millions of dollars in donations from him, all despite the fact that Epstein already was a known and convicted child sex predator. It also wasn't a terribly flattering look for the law firm, which didn't seem to try too hard when it came to figuring out exactly how Epstein got his money to MIT. I mean, it knows and reported that Epstein gave big donations to family foundations of billionaires Bill Gates and Leon Black, but didn't push back too hard on how those same family foundations then made similarly sized donations to MIT. In fact, in the case of Leon Black, they didn't even talk to him. All of this matters for two reasons. First, because the report shines a light into how disgraced people can remain in the good graces of esteemed institutions, so long as they have money to spend. Second, because MIT neighbor and nemesis Harvard remains in the midst of its own investigation into Epstein donations, and it's hard to imagine that he didn't use similar tactics there. The bottom line, this report might have exposed an obvious fundraising flaw, but one that the school doesn't seem interested in closing. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios Chief Financial Correspondent Felix Salmon. But first, this. There is more news out there than ever before, but these days, it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata Podcast. We're joined now by Axios' Felix Salmon. You have been covering the MIT-Jeffrey Epstein connection relationship for months now. So Goodwin Proctor comes out with this giant report last week. Your initial reaction after reading through it was what? They missed the elephant in the room. That Epstein, if you read what Ronan Farrow reported in The New Yorker and what I've reported on Axios, Epstein was generally understood to have given about $8 million to MIT and they've concentrated on $850,000 of that, and they've missed the 7 million vast majority of it that was effectively came via Bill Gates and Leon Black. The Bill Gates and Leon Black piece, as you say, the, the larger parts of the Epstein donations to MIT, this was what you call a loophole, right, whereby basically Epstein pretended like the money came from other people or other people's foundations, correct? Well, it did come from other people. So two million of it came from Gates and five million of it came from Black. And everyone at the MIT Media Lab understood that these were Epstein donations. He got all of the credit for them. Neither Black nor Gates wanted any credit for it. And we now know from having read the Goodwin Proctor report that Joey Ito, who was running the Media Lab at the time, actually talked to an MIT development officer when they were working about whether and how they should accept money from Epstein and said, well, why don't we just swap donations? That Epstein gives money to one of 
some billionaire's favorite cause, and then the billionaire gives money to MIT, and then the money is coming from the billionaire and not from Epstein, and so it looks fine. That was actually a proposal by Joey Ito. Isn't it the basic definition, or at least the layman's definition, of money laundering? But MIT is pretty explicit in its report, or I'm sorry, Goodwin Proctor is, that it argues it found no evidence of money laundering. Correct. And the reason they found no evidence is because they basically, their, their attempt to find evidence was they phoned up Leon Black and Bill Gates and said, did you do this on behalf of Jeffrey Epstein? And Bill Gates said, no, I didn't. And Leon Black didn't say anything at all. And they said, well, we can't see any evidence that this was Epstein money, despite the fact that they did talk to Joey Ito. And so presumably Joey told them that he understood this to be Epstein money. I know they talked to Ethan Zuckerman. Ethan Zuckerman presumably told them that he thought that it was Epstein money. There was a lot of sort of circumstantial evidence, you know, in, in terms of the understanding within the media lab that this was Epstein money, but apparently they couldn't find any hard evidence for that. And by the way, for those who don't know, everybody knows who Bill Gates is, the multi-billionaire founder of Microsoft. Leon Black is a big private equity executive, the CEO of Apollo Global Management. It was interesting in the Goodwin report, as you and I were slacking back and forth to each other, they said they could not contact or they could not get in touch with a representative of Leon Black. I'm a basic reporter. I've gotten in touch with a representative of Leon Black about this very subject. How could Goodwin Proctor, who went through all this time and money and effort, how could they have not reached somebody? I think you should be working for Goodwin Proctor, Dan. I'd get paid more. It'd be great. Because clearly you're better at getting in touch with Leon Black than they are. Let's go back a little bit or broaden out a little bit, I guess, which is what was the motivation for Jeffrey Epstein to even care about donating so much money to MIT that he would go through all those machinations to get the money to them? Jeffrey Epstein goes to jail for sex crimes in 2008. He comes out and his main desire in life is to be able to continue hobnobbing with rich and famous and smart and successful individuals. So he likes to be able to hang out with Reed Hoffman and Mark Zuckerberg and Joey Ito and all of these famous scientists at MIT and Harvard and that kind of thing. And if he just turns up on campus as a convicted sex offender, no one's going to give him the time of day. So the way that he manages to become a socially acceptable human being is by greasing the way with money and with flights on his private jet and all of the other things that he was extremely good at doing in terms of getting himself becoming persona grata, you might say, among the kind of people that he wanted the respect of. At MIT, obviously, Joey Ito is no longer there. Uh, there was also, following this Goodwin Proctor report, a professor who was basically put on indefinite leave, and, and it seems like he will be gone too. But the senior, call him management, or senior leadership, I guess, of MIT is essentially exonerated in this report. The report says, kind of, see no evil, hear no evil. From your perspective, is Goodwin Proctor kind of letting them pass the buck here, or sincerely, president, etc., were they really in the dark? So the Goodwin Proctor report says that, that Epstein visited the MIT campus nine times and then no one in the senior MIT administration knew about that. That's possible, right? I mean, I've visited MIT dozens of times and senior leadership doesn't know I'm there. No, but the point is that Joey Ito knew, and it's definitely revisionist to start saying that Joey Ito wasn't senior leadership within MIT. He was probably the second most high-profile person at MIT, and possibly the most high-profile person at MIT, depending on how you feel about Raphael Reif. So he knew, and he was extremely high-profile, extremely important, and the idea that he doesn't really count as being MIT because he's just the media lab and not MIT Central, that seems a bit revisionist. 
Felix, final question for you. This report is out. There's obviously been lots of media reporting. The MIT Epstein story, that piece of the Jeffrey Epstein story, do you think it is now done? Is this the final chapter? No, because there was just way too many questions still to be answered about Gates and Black. And what's more, there's a huge other shoe to drop about Harvard. The whole Harvard-Epstein relationship, which is much deeper and much bigger than the MIT relationship, has yet to really be uncovered. And when that happens, probably MIT is going to get dragged back into that as well. Axios is Felix Salmon. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. My final two right after this. Axios gives you the news and analysis you need to get smarter faster on the most important topics. In our unique smart brevity format, we cover topics from politics to science and media to tech. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now back to the Pro Rata podcast. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is Alphabet, the parent company of Google, which on Friday announced that its longtime chief legal officer, David Drummond, is leaving at the end of January. And honestly, it is a wonder it took this long. Drummond has been at the center of a board investigation into Google's culture of sexual harassment, both for his role in overseeing sexual harassment complaints and also for his own improprieties. In terms of the former, he was involved in giving former Android chief Andy Rubin tens of millions of dollars to quietly walk away after some pretty horrific charges against him. In terms of the latter, Drummond has admitted to fathering a child with a direct subordinate who was then forced to leave Google's legal department because she, yeah, the female subordinate and new mom, represented an apparent conflict of interest. The bottom line here, Google might finally be changing a culture where don't be evil was more of a coffee mug motto than something actually practiced. And finally this morning, Michael McCain, CEO of Canadian food packaging giant Maple Leaf Foods, on Sunday slammed the Trump administration over what he views as its, quote, ill-conceived plan to divert attention from political woes. In other words, he is saying the strikes that killed Iranian General Soleimani were to divert attention from impeachment. And remember, in the process of this, and the reason McCain cares, is that Iran, in response, attacked U.S. bases and mistakenly shot down a passenger airliner that was headed from Tehran to Ukraine. Two of those killed on the plane were the wife and 11-year-old son of a Maple Leaf Foods employee. And McCain tweets, quote, I am very angry and time isn't making me less angry. This is a reminder of how this entire situation, the U.S.-Iran dispute, is playing north of the border. But like everything else, it has become a Twitter Rorschach test, with McCain being praised by Trump's critics, while some of Trump's supporters already are pledging to boycott Maple Leaf Foods products. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great National Rubber Ducky Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.